Christmas presents are exciting. Do you remember what you'd say is the best gift you've ever received at Christmas? I asked my kids this question, and here's what they said. My six-year-old loved her little talkie doll that could talk, blink, and not much else. Cost a whopping $110 after tax, and it lasted for a solid eight months before it found its way to the back of her closet. My nine-year-old said his favorite was the popular fantasy book series, six books in all, each getting progressively longer. The set cost $58 and lasted eight weeks before it lived its final dust-filled existence on a shelf. Now, my tween loved the Brainy Putty collection that cost $32 and lasted a measly eight days before it went to live in our carpet. Finally, my teenage son wanted the ultimate drone with a 4K camera. It cost the most and lasted the shortest amount of time. I'd like to say it lasted eight minutes, but no, it was eight seconds, which is only impressive in bull riding. As exciting as those gifts are, what if there was a gift at Christmas that was far better? In fact, so much better that it makes these look like, well, toys. What if this gift was worth so much that no one could buy it for you, nor could you afford it? What if it was something of extreme value, like, say, life itself? And what if this gift was given through the birth of a baby who became our paid in full? That's the gift offered to all. It costs us nothing, him everything. It lasts just a bit longer than eight seconds, eight days, eight weeks, or even eight months. It lasts forever. Well, I hope you're uh, enjoying your time with us uh, today. My name's Phil. I'm one of the pastors here at Encounter Church. And it's a pleasure for us to have you join us for this uh, carol service today. If it's the first time you've been here, then we give you a very special welcome. And really, like I say, hope you enjoy your time with us. Now, there's about, well, there are 14 days to Christmas. That's about 14 sleeps. I don't know if you know that. And... Um, uh, but for those of you in education, it's five sleeps before paradise. <laughs> because you're going to finish. There we go. And for some people, I think kind of sleep is the thing that they're looking forward to. Uh, when it comes to Christmas, we want to have uh, a bit of a rest. For some people, it's travel. Uh, some people will be traveling. Or some people are going abroad or hopefully, yeah, get where you need to go. For some people, it's, it's food. They really like food. And uh, I, I must confess, I worked out this morning that over the next four days, I'm due to be at five Christmas dinners. Now, as a pastor, it's part of the job <laughs> to respond to invitations of each department that is putting on a Christmas meal. And uh, Later in December, if there's not a Christmas meal, I'm going to set up some more departments. <laughs> just so that we can get a Christmas meal. Now, don't worry too much about me, because in January, I'll be going to the gym every day. I will, I will. I mean, I've, I've joined a gym now. I've joined a gym now, the University of Birmingham gym. It's a really good gym. 
Um, Wendy used to be part of a gym up in the northeast of England, and she used to buy me this gift called the 12 Days of Christmas, where I could go to the gym for 12 days on the trot over Christmas, because I think that if you go, you're going to join. So I went for 12 days, and I didn't think I was going to join, because when I looked at all the machines, the only one that I wanted to use was the one that sold Mars Bars, Crisps, and Coke. <laughs> So therefore, but I have joined a gym now, I have joined a gym now, so um, come this time next year, there's hope, I think. Then for some people, it is the presents and the gifts, as we were seeing in this particular DVD. Now in, in, in the UK, for the last few hundred years, we've kind of marked uh, Christmas by giving and receiving gifts, and different families have different traditions. Now, I've a family of, um, there's four of us siblings. I've got two sisters and a, and a brother. My mum and dad, when I was younger, they were still together. And we couldn't open any presents until eight o'clock in the morning, until my dad had had his second cup of, cup of tea. And I, I thought I would continue that tradition when we, Wendy and I got married and we had children. And it's well known in our families that nobody can open presents before dad has had his second cup of tea. Uh, at 8 o'clock. Now, when I was younger, this is how it happened. So at 8 o'clock, when my dad had had his second cup of tea, we'd go and stand outside the lounge. And uh, it was kind of cordoned off. It'd been cordoned off since 8 o'clock the evening before. And then at 8 o'clock, we were allowed to go in. Now, we had three armchairs and a settee. So myself and my older sister and my older brother, we had a, a chair each. My younger sister, who we've teased relentlessly over the years to say that she's spoilt, her presents were on the settee. She definitely had more presents than the rest of us. Now, back then, it went a little bit like this. You wanted to open the smallest one first and then build your way up to the biggest one. But what you didn't want to do is to run ahead and finish before the others. You didn't want to finish first. And I remember this particular Christmas when I was about 19. You know, I was still a kid back then. And um, we started, and we went at a particular pace, and I got to the point where I got to my biggest present, and um, I'd noticed that my siblings had got great technological presents, which back then, when electricity had just been invented... This was important. So they opened their presents, and they were looking at how their gadgets worked. And my big present was a pair of slippers, which didn't have many instructions with them as to how to make them work. And my parents just burst out laughing. I thought they were evil at that point. I thought, that is evil. They just, they just burst out laughing. And um, my dad said, well, actually on the hearth here where my mum and dad's presents were, they didn't have many presents, they were on the hearth. My dad said, there's one here that says Philip on it, that's me. And they got on the wrong pile. So I went and um, he gave it to me and it was so small, I thought, oh, I I still wasn't very excited, I was still disappointed. And uh, it just felt a little bit of metal, I just thought it was a, a chain or I wasn't into jewellery, still not into jewellery. And I wonder what it was. And I opened it up 
and it was a set of car keys. And I was still brilled, you know, I still thought, well, why do I need a set of car keys? And it took, it took a little while, I was still, I was still thrown by the slippers, I've got to say. I was thrown by the slippers, totally thrown by the slippers. And again, they all burst out laughing. I told you, they're evil, they're evil, they all burst out laughing. And they all burst out laughing because they were actually car keys. And um, they said, come on out with us. So I put my slippers on. <laughs> useful, they were useful. Yeah, yeah. And marching around, and on the drive next door was this red Escort car. wasn't brand new, but it was new and shiny. Now, the funny thing is this, is that that car had been sitting there the whole week. (laughs) The whole week on the neighbour's drive, I had no idea it was mine. It was going to be mine, which is wonderful. And the thing about Christmas is this. Something can be there that's so familiar that we think about so often that we don't realize that there's something there that is for us, that is ours. And J. John, he says this. He says, We tend to observe that Advent, that is Christmas, is about the infant Jesus, and we stop there. We need to go beyond simply noting facts to considering significance. We need to be those who ask the much deeper question, what is this child going to be? And in the case of Jesus, the answer is someone and something far greater and far more wonderful than we can ever imagine. Now, for 2,000 years, we've been celebrating the birth of Jesus. But nativity simply means birth. It is a very special birth. And we celebrate Jesus' coming, and we've done it for 2,000 years for this reason, is that we believe that he's alive today. That is why we celebrate his birth. An event and a gift that appears so small, but has changed history, and transformed, according to many people, millions of people's lives. And as we focus on those statistics just for a moment... It's interesting that Jesus was born while there was a census. The Roman Empire wanted to know how many people that they had conquered. And the reason that Mary and Joseph were in Bethlehem was because everybody had to go home. And that's where Joseph was from. And I was thinking over this last week, this, that Jesus was added to those statistics. He became one of us so that we can become like him. He lived on earth for 33 years, so that we could live for eternity. He laid down his own glory, so that we could discover our purpose. Jesus leaves the comforts of heaven, so that we can know peace with God and the peace of God. Now, I wasn't brought up to go to church, which might sound a little bit strange, being as I'm a pastor. And some people think, well, how did you become a pastor? Surely you were brought up to go to church. I wasn't brought up to go to church. Although, to be honest, I went to Sunday school until I was about five. And, um, and there's two things that I remember about Sunday school. My, my parents dropped me off. And I remember two things. One of them was is that the Christmas parties were amazing. The Christmas parties that they had for the children in that church were amazing. The problem is that when you're four or five years old, 
a year is a long time. So they didn't come around very often, once a year. The second thing that I remember is that within the Sunday school class, you were supposed to draw a picture of Jesus, of what you thought Jesus looked like, and the person next to me drew an ocean liner. That's very abstract, isn't it? That is very abstract. They're the two things, the two things that I remember about going to church when I was really young. But to cut a long story short, as far as my story is concerned, at the age of 16, I had a personal encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ, which was transforming. And in the Christmas story, as we've been reading, there's other people back then that had an encounter with the Lord Jesus. We had the shepherds, we had the wise men, we had Mary and Joseph, there's many others. And I like the fact that we call our church Encounter Church, that we can help people to encounter the Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus coming, in a nutshell, is a very big gift, is a very big gift, is a very important gift. And somebody once says this, if our biggest problem was information, God would have sent an educator. If our biggest problem was money, God would have sent an accountant. If our biggest problem was pleasure, God would have sent an entertainer. But because our biggest issue was forgiveness, God sends a savior. And he will be called Jesus because he will save people from their sins. So a very big gift, a very important gift, a very personal gift. And somebody once says this, that if we or you, if I were the only person on this planet, Jesus still would have come. Still would have come. This is a very personal gift. Now, I can't do justice tonight at how amazing this gift is or how amazing I've discovered this gift from God to be. But it's a gift which should be recognized, received, and unwrapped. And that's our theme for this Christmas, Christmas unwrapped. Now, how on earth can we do that? How on earth can we unwrap something so amazing? Well, in recent years, many people have been helped by something called Alpha. Now, Alpha is a bit of a series. Now, Alpha means going back to the beginning. A, start of the alphabet. Go back to the beginning. Find out what it was about in the beginning. And an Alpha course is this, is looking at why did Jesus come What can it mean for me personally? How can I connect with God? Why did Jesus die for me? How can I pray? What about life after death? What about suffering? What about my purpose in life? And an Alpha course has been helped over 30 million people to unwrap this gift. Many people here have been on an Alpha course. And in January, we're going to run an Alpha course here at Encounter Church And uh, you can add to the 30 million people that have already done it and found it incredibly beneficial. And so in January, for eight weeks on a Sunday evening, from 6.30 to 8.30 in our coffee lounge downstairs, uh, you'll be invited to come and join us for the Alpha course. I've been on them many times, led them many times, and I really enjoyed them and get a lot out of them. So we'll have food, 
We'll have some video content. We'll have coffee. Uh, people can ask questions. People can say what they think. They don't have to say anything. But if you'd like to join us on an Alpha course and just unwrap, unwrap the full meaning of Christmas, the full re- me- reason why Jesus came, then you'd be very, very welcome. So on January the 22nd, we're going to uh, launch our Alpha course. Even if you just want to come for the launch and find out what it's about, you'll be very welcome. You can pick up one of the invites. Uh, we have some cards at the back, and you're very welcome to pick up one of the invites. But let me say this. I encourage people, because people, some people think, you know, it's kind of, what is this all about? And I encourage people, I say this, at some point in your life, just take a look. Just take a look. Find out once and for all and unwrap this great gift that God has given us. So I want you just to look at the screen, if you would, because uh, we've got a very short video of somebody uh, who will be familiar to you, I think, who did Alpha. And then the rest of it, just about keeping your faith and your hope alive. Faith, like fire, isn't always easy. 